your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming. Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by Quip Electric Toothbrush and Wink Wine Club. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look under podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and do leave a review. Gentlemen, how are we? JVL. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. I Ooh. want to say thank you to a bunch of our listeners who sent me birthday presents. A what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. So these, I, I brought them in for show and tell. Uh, a bunch of the guys from our, our Twitter expanded universe yes. sent me like a giant actual birthday package oh filled with multiple gosh. gifts. Including crazy. Arrested Development bobbleheads. No. Uh, oh, Come I on. get How it. How hysterical is this? He, he, George Sr. had the ice cream sandwich, and he's in his prison jumpsuit, and he's got the yarmulke. He's got the yarmulke. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, another one of our, <laughs> I got to say, some Eagles champ, Super Bowl championship oh, socks. Another another uh, weekly substandard friend, Kevin from Minnesota, sent me a, an, uh, an Eagles Super Bowl champion lapel. Just that very, very kind of them. Something. Uh, and this, oh. Hannah. Our beloved Hannah, people may remember her from such Facebook lives as whatever we did, made me an espresso cup. Oh, she's been taking pottery classes, and she made me an espresso cup. That's a perfectly flat glazed. And uh, anyway, so all that. But I I had I had a quick story before we move on with our weekends. The continuing escapade of my ten-year-old's pitcher, who is continuing to wreck the league. uh, After a game the other day, uh, in which he went two innings, no hits, no runs. Uh, allowed. Afterwards, they you know his team's still undefeated. Don't worry, still undefeated. They're slapping hands with the other kids, and the coach from the Cubs, I think, says to him, "Hell of a game out there, pitch." <laughs> My son, who's ten, responds to him in the following manner. He says, "Hey, thanks so much, Skip. Really appreciate it. Listen, you got a great squad over there. Loads of potential. You guys are going to win a lot of games this season." He has learned to speak in total sports cliches. All that was missing was just out here to try to help the team. <laughs> that's that's <great>. amazing. <laughs> he is that's like nuclear <laughs> towards the end of Bull Durham. It's great. That's, that's great. all I've got. Victorina, how are you? I'm doing fine, uh, but I'll go to Sonny first oh. because I don't know how to transition from what Sonny's going to say because I don't know what he's going to say. So, Sonny, how are you? <laughs> Monkey purple fart. Is Speaking that, of no. monkey purple farts, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a good transition here. Uh, it's been a while. It's been it it's has. been like it it several it weeks. Uh, two. It's only been two it's been, weeks. It's been a year. Feels like it's it was yesterday. Like, feels like in a good way. In a good way. Um, not much going on on my. Hey, end. I love the present you sent me too. Thank you. I really appreciate it. What are you talking about? I didn't send you anything. No, JVL. First JVL. of all, how did they know it was your birthday? Did you set out Twitter? Hey, tweet. Hey, Substandard Universe. No, my I must be Shannon. So Shannon is deeply really? involved with the uh, Substandard Twitterverse. Um, the expanded she universe. may have said something. Really? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Very good. No, you know what it was? She tried crowdsourcing with the Substandard Expanded Universe presents for her to give to me. Oh. 
and she was like, what should I get him? Oh, 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 And then oh, oh, they got took it. it upon themselves. I thought you meant like a GoFundMe. Please I, uh, raise money so I can no, get him. No, no. She was like, what do I get him? Oh. And I someone want... was like, how about a watch? Uh, <laughs> she blocked them. Well, she... <laughs> Well, if the if they if she wanted to get you a watch, she would have to do a GoFundMe Go for that. That would be uh, you know, <laughs> the, the Submariner. Yeah. The, uh, the the baby is sick again, and she comes down from uh, bath time the other day, holding up her arm like this, and she goes, "I too have a poop watch." Oh, <laughs> that's great! Oh, it happens. Yeah. So how are you, Sonny? What's up? Uh, not a whole. Not a whole. What have you been doing? Really? Last I don't know. I'm trying to think. I actually didn't really prepare anything. Uh, Tom Wolf died. That was sad. We mentioned this on the on the micro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, you know, great yesterday. author. We're back here. Now. You know what? Overrated. Overrated. Totally it's overrated. No good. Uh, I was. Well, it was funny when we were when people were you know sharing their Tom Wolf. You know, these are my favorite. Bubba. Just a and, conservative neocon nationalist. And I am. Uh, I. I am a. I, it's funny. I I don't really like his fiction. I'm not a big fan of his fiction. I, I am Charlotte Simmons, the one that was in Miami, Bonfire mm-hmm. of the Vanities. I like it. Just doesn't do a ton for me, and I don't know why exactly. Because I love his nonfiction, and you would think that his style of writing would work better in the kind of you know fictional universe that he is creating. But I I just I I all the curly cues and stuff just didn't has never really done anything for me. But his fiction, I mean, Radical Chic and Mal Mal and Flat Catchers, Electrical Sam and Charlie, uh, and and I, I use the occasion of his death to pick up uh, from from Bauhaus to the Art House and uh, the Painted Word, which I had not actually read yet. So excited to do that. Sad he is gone. One of the greats. Vic, what was your has, favorite Tom Clancy? Wait, hold on. Or Tom Clancy, Tom <laughs> Wolf book. Has anybody gone the opposite way on Tom Wolf yet? What are we? No, I mean, has has anybody written? No, this, no, no, has no, no, Slate no, no, published no, 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 the no. Oh, actually, actually Tom, Tom Wolf was totally bad. overrated. Well, I'm sure. Actually, Tom Wolf is super problematic. I'm sure the nation is working on it right now. Okay, mm-hmm. I actually have in my bookshelf um, having your all the right stuff, all the right stuff, you've never all the right stuff, it. and a man in fall. Mm. Have you read either of those books? So Margot Kidder died. <laughs> oh. Oh, sorry, wrong episode. I had, I had. Have read in them. <laughs> I have, I have read in them. What, what is the interesting thing? Who is the? Who does he dedicate uh, a man in full to? Do you remember this? I don't. I believe he dedicates it to uh, Doctor Paul McHugh. Interestingly enough, really, look That's- it up. That's that pretty interesting. True. That's a deep uh, poll. I got something. That's a whole chapter. I got something. That's a whole chapter in the nation yeah. takedown. And looking back now, it's a problem. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. Uh, so you know where I went recently? Lots of family fun here. Have you done this yet? I know you have not. Port City Brewing. I've done this before. I did this like a year ago. Yeah, you mentioned this I, before. So yeah, I went yeah. again mm-hmm. with my father-in-law and the kids. Uh, Kate was busy, so I- Is this in Alexandria? Yes, off of Duke I have Street. been there. Oh my gosh. I went once. Yes, it's off of Duke. Yeah. Uh, Where is it off Duke Street? It's Wheeler Ave. Back. Wait, not Duke yeah. Old Town, heading out west in the sort of industrial sector. I've been there. I was there with, uh, I took Cody. Oh, and is we it, went and hung out it, with my sister it, and her babies. Is oh, it there you go. West? That's exactly right. Is it west of 395? Uh, good question. I believe it is. I could okay. be wrong. So it's like past. Yeah, the, it's just like past, western. It's like past the total. We line. should we should yes, really getting, unpack where it is because our <laughs> listeners would be <laughs> very interested in for, knowing. For, for listeners who really care, you know what's near east or Wheeler it is, Ave South. It is it is it is just around the corner from the bottom of Quaker Lane. How you like oh, that? Oh, okay. See? Okay, yeah, right around Quaker that is. Lane. Right, okay, yeah. so uh, did the DC slices food truck was it parked? No, there it was uh, Rockland's. 
But oh, before Rockland's that, Rockland's good. But you know good. what else was good? Basic Burger's usually there, but it was Rockland's. It was fine. Um, and they had all sorts of family. It was like Cinco de Mayo, so they had a special Mexican beer that tasted. It was like a Dos Equis Dark and Amber. It was, it was fine. But they had all sorts of interesting games in the parking lot. Um, they had giant uh, beer pong, minus obviously the beer. In the giant, so Corn like giant, hole. giant. Hold on now, giant buckets of uh, like the plastic garbage bins, and you have to throw basketballs. In, and there's like you know six across from each other. And I actually won that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. The kids loved it because they're throwing the basketballs in there. You know, respect, I guess. Especially, I'll, oh. I'll tell you this. Here's this wasn't like carnival game. No, no, no. This you... is a free for all. Um, in beer, in terms of who did beer, you beat? <laughs> my father. When you in say law, you won, my father-in-law. It was me and hey, Michael versus my father-in-law father and Sabrina. You're, you're better than your father-in-law at something. He, so you beat yes, your... and he is a three-letter. He was a three-letter jock. So, so you beat that, your yes, you beat your exciting. elderly relative and your Dad and your child. Pong. Yes, and my child, but with, not at saving lives by cutting them by, open and fixing their no, hearts. No, yes. not really. Well, I mean, or well, nobody's medevacking gonna, out of nobody's going to confuse. But who's to say nobody, which is more <laughs> impressive? Like nobody's going to confuse uh, uh, Vic with being a real man. No, like that's not what we're getting. Well, no, at no, here. no. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. However, the good doctor is still the best. However, yes, and Javiel, to answer your question, they had corn. Cornhole. Now, I don't know if anybody's familiar with cornhole, but it's a pretty good game. Um, Mike Warren loves cornhole, um, and he said it's very popular in the South. It's funny because I thought it was popular in Greece. That's what I always thought for some reason. Do you like to play cornhole with Melissa? I have no idea, but you know, when I, I, I was unsure about it at first. And uh, but then I got pretty good at it, and the re- key is to just relax the muscles, you know, and just <laughs> throw it in there. And uh, but and, uh, there's all apparently, but we were just kind of like free for all. But there's actually like uh, a, f- a set of rules, like you for know, points for cornholing. And I think if you go to like uh, a website on Google, you'll probably find that I'm imagining there should be a site like ilovecornhole.com or something, and that will probably cornhole kings. That'll probably get you there. Um, in any event. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yes. Why didn't Why didn't you save this for the AEI live show, Vic? Why did Why Why are you wasting that, that this money, gold? That, they, that, so that, that money us. That moneyed crowd would have really appreciated God. this. So I'll, let me wrap things up on this. And um, anyway, I played this is against, great I, thank you. I played against my father in law. He hit my cornhole three times in a row. He yeah, was that well, good. Surprise! It was a crushing performance. Speaking of crushing performances, Avengers: Infinity War continued to dominate the box office this weekend with sixty-two million for a total gross of more than five hundred fifty million in second place. Domestic. Domestic. Can we discuss just before domestic, you before please. you move on? Uh, it also debuted to two hundred million dollars in its first weekend in China. In China, which is an enormous number, yeah. uh, even for these movies, and. It is at like 1.6 billion something right now. Right. It'll it'll easily cross two billion, and uh, I, I am like I can't say I'm shocked by this. It, it's like the logical culmination of the whole Marvel experiment, but um, still a little surprised. Well, me too. In terms of uh, how how it's conti- people who are coming back, it's not just new people. I'm assuming a lot of people are like, oh, I want to see it again, but. What this tells me is that Avengers 4 is going to be even bigger then because people want to see how this thing wraps up. Sort of, uh, maybe. Right? We'll see. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. Yes. To, who knows? Yeah. Uh, in in second place was Life of the Party with $18.5 million, followed by Breaking In in third place with 16.5. Also, in fourth place was Overboard because people were demanding a reboot. Is that what happened? People said, reboot. Oh. They said, I want... Well, it stars a, a Latin heartthrob who is... Apparently... Uh, Who's who has his own kind of uh, audience and niche that 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 shows up? 
It, it is like uh, uh, and and Anna Faris and Anna Faris. So she's uh, there in fourth place, and her husband is in first place, uh, Chris Pratt. Well, they're not funny together oh, anymore. Oh, <gasps> yeah. really? Awkward. Oh no. Well, that is awkward. They, uh, I, I don't know if they're officially divorced or what, but they are definitely not oh, together anymore. Thank you for. You learn something every time you come on the show, as a co-host. She couldn't handle his massive success. I mean, that's Huge. the ro- she. You know, she started off as the big movie star, and he was just the little TV guy. Who and left whom? He. Uh, that's the he, question. He. Uh, he was in that movie with Jennifer Lawrence, and yada yada yada. Now they're not together anymore. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, right. Yeah, the spaceship one. Passengers. Passengers. I love that movie, by the way. Really? That movie's great. Uh, and I it, it I really recommend it to everyone who listens to us. If you if you haven't seen Passengers, you should go see it. So um, does Marvel outdo Marvel next weekend in terms of uh, who's going to be at the top of the box office? <laughs> well, Disney. I mean, these oh, are... Oh, Disney, right. <laughs> well, I guess... Well, it's, Wait, what's well, it's the Marvel. Weekend? Well, next there's weekend's the, Next weekend is Deadpool, yeah, and then sure. the weekend after that is so that's Solo. Fox. Right. So it's not... It's not... Uh, it's not Disney. It's It's Fox. Mm-hmm. Although I think, well, there's some sort of Marvel partnership. I don't know. It's, I, it's hard to it's hard to That's keep track right. uh, But we do we expect Avengers to continue? Like, how long are they going to continue? No, Deadpool. It? No, Deadpool's Deadpool gonna gonna gonna, This is it. Deadpool's going to gross an enormous amount of money. 175 million dollars. Like it's like the like, uh, superhero for grown-ups. Yeah, but it's like R though, right? It's R. It will oh, be the highest grossing yeah, R-rated debut ever. Well, Correct. the first one was, yeah. No, but yeah. this is going to break. I expect that this will break I w- that. I would be surprised if it did not. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be tracking very, very well. So You know, there, there's no actual other really big movies, obviously, that came out the week, uh, the week after Avengers. Everybody mm-hmm. was too scared. They were scared off about it. But we are going to brush up on our summer blockbusters in this episode. But before we do that, we need to brush up on something else. JVL. Oh, gosh, that's right. Ah, the truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough, and we forget to change our brushes on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip different? For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brushing heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel whenever you go anywhere. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash substandard right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash substandard, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash substandard. Terms and conditions may apply. Thank you, JVL. Thank you. Uh, Should I go down really quickly 
the list of what's coming up, and then we no. circle up. No, we, we, should just, just, we should just we should just go and surprise people. Okay. Uh, so as you know, this is the no, summer. Yeah, okay. sure. Why not? This is a uh, summer blockbusters 2018 episode, and there are some big movies here. Uh, the question is, what are we looking forward to, and perhaps what are we not looking forward to? JVL. Wait. Uh, oh, I just want to say the the movie that I'm most looking forward to uh, is definitely I... Chav King Arthur Two. <laughs> It's coming in It's in development. Universe of the Chav King Arthur movies. I'm sorry, JBL, go ahead. It's right up there with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, no, what do you yeah. what do you want to... I mean, do you want to rank them? Do you want to all rank together? Because this, we had a debate this. about this. I listened mm-hmm. to our mm-hmm. version of this show yeah. for last summer on the way in. Refresh, and we had, refresh our memory. We had a this debate. is a great for the clip could job part. Could you do a scorecard of how we did on that show? We did very badly. Ugh. All of us managed to do very badly. Oh. Um, uh, but it's not about scorecard. It's not about that. But what I was saying is we had a, a debate as to whether or not, because we each gave our most looking forward to most anticipated movies and their least anticipated movies. And there was a question, do we go round robin style, like mm-hmm. number three, number three, number three, or do we each get to build up a head of steam where mm-hmm. we start and do our three, two, one list and then the next person does it? Mm-hmm. We elected the latter format last time. Do you want to stick with that or do you want to go to the round robin? So we did three, two, one last time. Mm-hmm. Each of us individually. Right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I think we should do round robin this year. I think we should change it up. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's Sunny, do it. Number uh, three, most anticipated. Go. Uh, my number three most anticipated movie is Mission Impossible Fallout. That's the third most movie that I'm looking forward to this year. Um, it's directed by that guy, right? You're, Mr. Mr. You're, McCory. That's who it's directed by. I'm messing with you. I, I, it is number three on my list, but yeah, I did my list by uh, chronological order. So this is not a uh, this is Me not too. a true. So this isn't a list most at all. Then anticipated. It's just. So this isn't a ranking. It's, it's a, a list. It's a ranking. My number three is is uh, it's a ranking. I rank them chronologically. Can I just rank them since I'm the only <laughs> no, one who did the ranking? You clearly had this in mind. Yeah, I, I'm, no, I, no, no, we're doing three, 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 then two, 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 then one, one, one. That's how it works. Okay, sorry, go. So Mission Impossible Fallout. That's I. That I, was I, my number three. I just wrote that on July twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay. It's also that it's it's uh, and I loved I like Tom Cruise. I like these Mission Impossible movies. It's, it looks fun. I'm excited for it. It holds and it's up. got the best Superman, Henry Cavill. So, is he a villain? Hard to say. We don't know. Hmm. Okay. I just hope. Uh, you know what? I remember I, how much I loved the first Mission Impossible. Right. It's unbelievably awesome. There's one moment. That, there was one false note, and it's, it's Ethan when he's telling the uh, uh, Emmanuel Bert that everyone's dead. They're all dead. I thought that was terrible acting, but other than that, that that stuck with me. Other than that, you're forking crazy. Great movie. Uh, but then I was so disappointed in the uh, follow-up with, who was the villain? The John Woo the, one. The guy who almost played Wolverine and didn't. Uh, uh, you remember him? Something gray. Yes, yes, something. yes. Gray. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And there were a lot of, they had all the disguises. I didn't like that. I think that's it's a cheat. A terrible. But that's the only bad mission Right. Impossible. And then the ending in the, you know, they're in a fair or something. It was balloons. Okay. I would argue to you that the Mission Impossible series is like Fast and Furious, but for grown-ups. It actually delivers on grown-up action movie notes consistently across years now, I mean, decades, right? The first Mission Impossible comes out in 1996. So 30, 22 years. 22 years. 
and with one bad episode, one bad uh, entry into the franchise, which is the second one, everything else has been good to great. The last couple have been maybe the best. And they do this while executing something which drives me crazy about comic book movies. There are no origin stories. None of these were origin stories. And there is, in fact, a sort of saga happening in the background. But each one is just a standalone adventure. You can Mm -hmm. just tell stories that are standalone adventures. Not everything has to be the birth of or the death of or part of some giant world pivoting to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. some new configuration mm-hmm. and the fact that they're able to bring back old cast members and teammates pr- introduce new ones and do it all within a flow seamlessly while still having an established universe without ever going to the the things oh it's an established universe it's so good it's so good i love it what- so this is the third most anticipated movie for you as well We'll get to where it is in my <laughs> ranking when we're done. I'm just commenting Very while confusing. we're here. And plus, Imagine Dragons. Come Dra- on, the Imagine Dragon. Dragons in that trailer, right? Are they doing? Is Imagine Dragons doing the, the in the theme? trailer? Friction is it is it remixed for oh the Mission Impossible theme? Oh, I don't know if that's yeah. what it's going to be in the movie. I'm going to take. The, I, re, I I never mind. Take it this back is now. off. I have it's no. Not even I have no third most top anticipated 10. movie. Top ten. The uh, what, what did Simon Pegg join the the, the team? This the, the new group, right? Because I think that's a whole new set of Mission Impossibles with Ethan. Was he in the fourth one? Mm. I believe he's in the fourth mm. one, Maybe which is JJ. Mm. No, he's in the one, but he's in the one after the. J.J. Abrams' one was the Philip was, Seymour Hoffman yes. one. Yes. Uh, and he's yeah. in the one after that, I, I see. think. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or was he, he might in, be in that I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But unimportant. Uh, and uh, the other thing these movies do is they mix high drama with humor. comic relief and humor. humor. I, so I was watching yes. the other day because I was catch, catching up on my Mission Impossibles. And I pulled up the last one, mm-hmm. Rogue Nation. Mm. The set piece that is done in the opera is one of the, I don't know, one of the best action movie set pieces I've seen in the last decade. Question, where, where what city was that in? Vienna. That's funny. Um, I hadn't seen Rogue Nation. I, I, believe it or not, I've spent a lot of time at the Vienna Opera House when I lived You haven't in seen Vienna. Rogue Nation? No, you I would, saw the one before, which is great. love really? Rogue Nation. Good. Okay, it's good. so good. What fascinates me is how uh, a lot of these movies, espionage movies like Mission Impossible, you know, despite the fact that most of the news today uh, involving, you know, global terror is taking place in the Middle East, um, they're still drawn to the, the the classic spy locations of Vienna, Berlin, yeah. um, uh, a, a Budapest, I think, is in Budapest. the upcoming one. Budapest is in there. Uh, but, oh, good, at the Staatsoper. Very yeah. nice. The, you, okay. would, you, would, you should watch Rogue Nation. It's Vienna's so great. great. You would like it. Okay. Uh, What's your number three? My number three, oh. Ocean's 8. Huh. I, you know my feelings about meaningless gender swapping reboots. Ghostbusters, Lady Ghostbusters, Lady Ghostbusters, or there's another one that's being planned now. What, what what's the other one that we were making fun of? It's like Lady A Team or something like that. But see, this this version gets exactly right what it is that we care about. The only reason we care about the Ocean's Eleven movies is because it was a chance to put two gigantic movie stars together and have them be. So who who's the third? Three. I mean, I would say that Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I would say Matt Damon was not yet, and well, still doesn't have the charisma well, that, that Clooney and Pitt. Well, I ag- I mean, I agree that he is a lesser, like his star wattage is lower, but also he was in the Bourne movies by yeah. then. So I yeah, mean, he was in the Bourne like, movies, but I I don't think of him as the sort of charming Oscar. debonair. Love Matt Damon. I'm just saying different class of actor. So it's putting those two guys together. 
and just having fun with them because they're so magnetic. Kate Blanchett and and uh, uh, help me because I'm blanking. Having a, Sandra a Bullock and Sandra Bullock. Bullock having the two of them together and it's the, it's the same concept. Like plus, two phenomenal movie stars who are just electric to watch. Plus America's Sweetheart, Anne Hathaway. Plus Anne Hathaway oh. in the. I think she's the villain. Whoa! Um, so. <laughs> That's fine. That's interesting. It just—it looks great. I'm all into it. I'm a little concerned that the the voice that Kate Blanchett is using because it sounds like four packs a day for twenty years. <laughs> you think? It's Have like, you heard? <laughs> the, it's kind the, of, she, it, man, what she's doing with her voice for this is yeah, like. Yeah. Either that Husky. or that's really what it's become. Uh, it looks great. I'm so into it. I ho- do you think there'll be a tie-in at the end where one of the original Ocean's 8, you'll see them at the end of the movie? If it is, like, I hope it's Elliot Gould. Uh, yeah, I was, I'm hoping it's Bernie Mac. I hope it's Andy Garcia. <laughs> I think Bernie Mac died. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so, you know what? Inappropriate. I, I, inappropriate. I love Bernie Mac. Uh, speaking of Andy Garcia, this is, by the way, this is a quick segue here. He's in this movie that we're not discussing because it's not part of summer blockbusters, the book club. Okay. The late, the, the ladies book club with Diane Keaton and, um, uh, Candace Bergen and Mary Steenburgen and they're reading 50 shades and, and Craig T. Nelson's in it and Andy Garcia. And they're pairing Andy Garcia with Diane Keaton because Diane Keaton, because Andy Garcia is old, but keep in mind in Godfather three, he played Michael's son. So it's like, they're actually quite separated years it's been bothering me, and I had to get that off my chest now. Thank, Thank you. you. On the show. Okay, so- Number two. You're, okay, number two, Sonny. Uh, my number two, and I'm kind of, I'm as surprised by this one as you guys are, uh, is Sicario I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Sicario Day of the Soldado. And uh, I, I have to say that like every time I see an ad, every time I saw a preview for this movie, it looked to me like, you know how they do terrible straight to VOD- uh, or straight to video sequels of like semi popular movies. It looked like one of those, like right down to the title, except they managed to get all of the actual actors to come back. They, it's got Josh Brolin, it's got uh, Benicio del Toro, not Emily uh, Blunt, not Emily Blunt. She's she's not in it. Uh, but uh, like it has like the stars, and it's got other good actors, and the whole thing just looks kind of ridiculous. I mean, like it's it's about it's about Qu- terrorists. Question: Yes, uh, same director. No, so Denis Villeneuve is not. Your guy. But the writer is the same. The writer is who uh, who directed um, uh, the the movie set on the Wind River. He directed oh, Wind, River Wind River and he River. wrote High, Hell love High Water. Question. Yes. Is this part of the Sicario expanded universe? Well, I don't think it's this expanded universe. It's just a straightforward franchise at this point. It's like uh, it's dark, it's like Fast and the Furious or it's whatever. Dark. But but I like everything about the first trailer was kind of dumb and silly. Like down to Benicio del Toro, like putting his finger. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like there's a scene where uh, Benicio del Toro has like a handgun. It's got like a Glock, and he like puts his finger in it kind of sideways and like jams it back and forth like it's a machine gun. Except it's a, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Mm. It's like a really inefficient way. Guns to shoot don't somebody. work that way. Mm-hmm. Guns don't work that way. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, the the second trailer came out and it was actually really good. So, uh, the, there's like a family element and he's got to protect a little girl. And, you know. mm-hmm. and it's a, uh, I, I like these movies. I like the first one a lot. I love the first one. a dark movie. That's a dark movie. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm strangely excited for this. Okay. I'm my number right. two. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'm sorry, but I, yeah, I don't, Jonathan just closed his eyes and gave me the finger. Um, I think Chris Pratt is great, and uh, let's wrap this up. I get the sense 
that this is going to have elements of the lost uh, lost world book. And they're gonna blow because they gotta blow up the island finally. Right? They're supposed, 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 or at the end of the Jurassic Park novel, which I actually did read. I mean, you know, I'll get to Bonfire of the Vanities some other time, but really, um, Jurassic World, uh, where they have to blow up the island. So that's my sense of it. It looks, uh, they look real. The dinosaurs look real. I'll give that number two. Okay. Beth and I watched that for the first time, or she watched it for the first time. I had seen it. Before. Which one? Uh, Jurassic World. The first Chris Pratt one, and the movie's bad. It's bad on like on a, on every storytelling level. It's bad, mm-hmm. but but I will say that it is a reminder that Chris Pratt is the best of the Chris's. You've no, you oh, reversed no. yourself after Wonder Woman. Chris Pine. After Chris Wonder Pine. Woman, somebody yeah, said Pine. you. Yeah. No, excuse well, me. I've been on Chris Pine <laughs> since day one on this, and you were first field. Yeah. After well, Wonder Chris, Woman, and said JVL is right. I take it back. No. Chris Pine is the best of the Chris. Chris's. Chris Pine is the best actor of the Chris's. Chris Pratt is the best movie star. St- of the oh, Chris's. good distinction, Sonny. That's closer than the actor call, but Chris maybe Hemsworth not. is the funniest of the Chris's. Yes, Chris Evans is the worst of the Chris's. <laughs> he's the most I like serious. Chris Evans. He's the most Ugh. serious. He's fine. I mean, he's fine. I like Chris Evans. He's fine. I like all four of them. What's your number two? Pro Chris. Number two. God help me. Solo. I've you know what it is. Do you I know, know what it is? You, you've got seen me. it. Does you that, does, does does that disqual- tell you what happens? Does that disqualify you? From- he doesn't die at the end of it. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? I don't know. What, um, I'm allowed to what say. about Chewbacca? The uh, they all die. They all die. Oh, Lando no. dies. <laughs> Chewie dies. Han what, dies. What got me finally <laughs> is the score from the trailer. The sort of Texas twangy, twangy. Western vibe right, right, going on right, to it right, right. that almost sounds like it's out of way of the gun. Right. I was just finally like, okay, fine, I'm into this. Donald Glover looks awesome. I. They just announced. They it's just gonna... announced that the next uh, spinoff movie will be a Lando movie. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Today. So I know I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, I know Thursday. I'm a sucker, but I'm into it. Good. So yeah. Okay. What are you looking forward to number most? Three. Sunny bunch. Or number no, number one. My number one. My number one. And again, this is mostly just uh, in chronological order. Is a film coming out called Under the Silver Lake, which uh, if every it's it's a smaller movie. It's by the guy who made It Follows. Uh, and it looks like kind of a, uh, it stars Andrew Garfield as a guy who was living in an apartment complex and he has like a nice little night out with the girl who lives next door and then she disappears and he goes down this kind of Pinchon, Pinchon-esque, Pinchonian, I don't know, Thomas Pinchon. That's good. He's yes. a novelist. <laughs> he, writes, he writes these He's dense, just like Tom Wolfe. He writes, he writes these dense uh, uh, kind of thriller uh paranoid thriller type books uh but he uh that's actually not even it doesn't matter point is it's like it it is it is a movie uh that is about uh kind of trying to decipher the symbols in the world so the world makes sense to you which appeals to me on a number of levels uh and it's from a director who i like who again made it follows which was one of the better horror films of the last three or four years um i uh and it stars andrew garfield who i like a lot even though i don't think his spider-man movies were very good um, so I, there's there's a lot going on there that I like. I have to say that the, the reason one of the reasons this is number one is because this is an abysmal year for blockbuster movies. Looking at the list of of what was coming out over the the next few months, I just everything looks either bad or boring or both. I, strong, I just <sighs> I strongly disagree. My number one movies are going to be on July 20. Mamma Mia! Here we go again. 
I think JBL just had a stroke. <laughs> you actually, I think we, you know who's probably looking forward to that movie. Okay, um, I will. <laughs> I will say, uh, mine is my number one is Solo uh, coming out May twenty five. But I, I guess we can't. Because, but you've seen it already, so I'm not going to discuss and get into the details because I've already asked your opinion outside the, the studio, the deets a little You're bit about how we felt about it. And so I'm not going to get into it, but based on the trailers, it, I'm beginning to think Alden Ehrenreich might be able to hold his own. I like Amelia Clark. Um, I asked Sonny questions about her. Can't discuss it here. Can't discuss it here. Needless to say, I'll be a little bit disappointed in this movie, but you know, because she's not flying a dragon. That's what I was going to say, because she's not flying a dragon. Uh, but that's what I was looking forward to. No, John, JVL, number one. Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, obviously. Right. I'm, I'm so, so into it. I mean, it, I'm sorry. There's a line in Rogue Nation where Alec Baldwin <laughs> describes, describes the Ethan, <laughs> the Ethan. <laughs> wow, got a bleep wow, that. that was the Ethan Hunt character as. <laughs> <laughs> he is like manifest destiny made flesh or something. It's it's so great. It's it's fan. Go bleep that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that was. Yeah. But that was a slip. That was a that was a genuine slip. That was a genuine slip. Um, okay, <laughs> it rhymes with a hunt. Um, we were talking about sort of looking back. It'd be one thing if his name was Jack, like Jack Hunt. Yeah, you know, or Mark Big Mike. Mike oh, hunt. you don't want to say that. Okay. Ethan, <laughs> Mike, Mike, Ethan, are you sitting here talking about Amelia Clark? Just Ethan, leave, leave me alone. Ethan, bleep. Do you, do you do you remember? Do you Mike is a Hunt is a joke from uh, Porky's? If you remember, because he gets the what, the crank I think collar. We bleep that too. Sorry. Remember, there's a, there's a, there's, <laughs> a, there's a, his name is Michael. There's a there's a David Skinner would say Mike's place. There's a great bar here in town called the Big Hunt. Yes, no, no, absolutely. Okay, um, but I think you're absolutely right about the lineup, Sonny, of. Um, of summer blockbusters per se. Uh, they're not going to age well. You know, it's not going to be like a fine wine. But speaking of fine wines, with online ordering, quick shopping, and personalized recommendations, the only way Wink could make discovering wine you love easier is if they drank it for you. Introducing Wink, spelled W-I-N-C. Wink makes it easy to discover great wine because Wink's wine experts select wines matched to your taste, personalized for you, shipped right to your door, and starting at just $13 a bottle. There's nothing like coming home to a delivery box of delicious Wink wine selected just for you. It's the best day of your month. Just fill out Wink's palate profile quiz. Answer simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask or translate into a recommendation. Questions like, how do you take your coffee? How do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink sends wines curated to your taste. The more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections. Each month there are new delicious wines like the insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. No membership fees, skip any month, cancel any time. Shipping is covered, and if you don't like a bottle they said you, they'll replace it with a bottle you'll love. No questions asked. I just had, in fact, the Summer Water Rosé on Saturday. It was 92 degrees outside, and that bottle went quick. It was delicious. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com slash substandard you get $20 off your first shipment that's spelled T-R-Y-W-Y-N-C dot com slash substandard for $20 off trywink.com slash substandard 
So we're talking about how, okay, there are some big movies, but it's not like a great summer. Oh, my gosh, we got to see these movies. You have thoughts of other years past, Sonny, of other summers that you really remember, that you really like, oh, these are you know great movies I wanted to see. That was a good summer. Anything like that or no? Do, do I have anything yeah, like that? Yeah, do you that? have anything Do like I that? have any? Well, Vic, no, but oh, okay. do you have anything like that? It's so funny you should ask that, Sonny. Awkward treats. Why would you just say that? I actually thought I do. I I do, but I I don't know why. Since you're the one who introduced this topic to us, you're like, I really want to talk about this year in movies because I- I did, but then I thought everyone's going to throw up Yeah, I'm going to throw out a list. You want me to go first? Why don't you go first because you're the one who wanted to talk about this. You brought it up. If you guys don't mind. Ridiculous. Your shenanigans. Well, the people need to know. The people need to know about your shenanigans. What's going on behind the curtain? I will always look back on the summer of night. <laughs> I will always look back on the summer of 1986. I was 13, and uh, it was a great year in movies. Uh, so here's just a, a brief taste of what came out that summer. Who was your girlfriend that summer? Oh, I didn't have one. I didn't have one. Yeah, I didn't meet Kate until college. <laughs> oh, boy. I wasn't even playing cornhole. Okay. <laughs> So Top Gun comes out that year. That was big. <laughs> and that was that was huge. And that was that started the summer was Top Gun. It's like, oh my gosh. So that was like early. It was like April. I was like, oh my gosh, can anything get better than that? And the answer was yes. Aliens, the James Cameron aliens came out as well. Um, and then John Hughes came out with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was in New York City with my sister. We'd go up visit my aunt for two weeks. She worked at Mount Sinai. So during the day, you know. In 1986, we just roam around Manhattan, and I remember we stopped into an RKO theater uh, on like near 86th Street and 2nd Ave, and my sister wanted to go, because she was more familiar, she was 16, so she's more familiar with the John Hughes oeuvre, like the Breakfast Club, and uh, 16 Candles, and so I said, sure, I had zero expectations, I did not know what to expect uh, from this movie, and it was, it was great, I mean, it was one of those great movies where you just came out feeling fantastic and that that and, and it and it holds up uh also back to school ronnie dangerfield's back to school came out that summer and still to this day has uh so many great one-liners dear to my heart like when he is talking to the girl and asking her what her major is and she says poetry remember what he says he says oh maybe you can straighten out my Longfellow." <laughs> and i said this is my guy this is my guy. This is the Vic Mattis origin story. That's what we're hearing right now. This is the, you know. There was a, that's what I call marine biology. I mean, he had all these great lines. It was fantastic. Ruthless People was out that year, too. And, and that, that was a great movie for, for Judge Reinhold, let me say that. And about last night, which was so controversial at the time, because obviously it's 80s, there was a lot of, there were sex scenes and nudity, and this is pre-plastic pre, uh, surgery Demi Moore. Um, it was really, it was, it was great though, it was, it was great, and it was controversial because they were living together in sin, right? But, but the funny thing is, at the end of the movie, you know, they, spoiler alert, 40-something <laughs> years later, they, they, they break up and they realize it was a mistake to live together and let's try to do this again. And they, at the very end of the movie, it also stars Jim Belushi, who, um, for friends of ours, reminds me very much of our friend Mike Goldfarb, but everybody has a Jim Belushi friend. He's fantastic in this. Um, the weird thing about it is it's classic 
you know, movies that took place in 86, if you look at the fashion, people look back and they try to, you know, when they do movies that are retro like this and they have them all dressed up and it's a little bit over the top. But look at the fashion. It was some of that stuff was really, really terrible. Demi Moore at the end of About Last Night is wearing a, uh, a denim overall. I mean, it's like a giant baby outfit. Okay. Um, Big Trouble in Little China also that summer. And at the very end, right before school started, was Stand By Me. It was just fantastic. At the end of the year, by the way, came out after school started, Crocodile Dundee, Hoosiers, Three Amigos, Star Trek Four, The Name of the Rose, The Color of Money, and Platoon. Solid year. Platoon, one of your favorite childhood movies. <laughs> we missed the first half because I had to wait for my friend Stevie Starris. They were always late to movies. And so I missed the first part, like the first 15 minutes. Um, I, would, I would not have. You, I would have just gone into the theater. Just been like, you sit by yeah. yourselves. And that, you know, it was so much harder back then because of that. You know, everyone had to fend for themselves. Okay, uh, JVL, you have movie thoughts. What is it that makes a great summer movie slate? <laughs> Unlike you. Victorino, I put some some category level thought oh, category. into this. No, I'm doing memories. And it strikes me that you need five things on a good summer movie slate. One, there has to be a sequel or two that you are insanely excited for to attract you to the summer movie slate. Whether or not the sequel turns out to be good, there has to be some dangling sequel out there that you just think, man, I got to see that thing. Two. There have to be some movies that are uh, with huge stars in it in roles that you have always wanted to see them play. Number three, you gotta have a, some big idea or special effects movies, some movie that promises you to see the idea of seeing something that you've never, never seen before. Number four, you need to have some huge surprise hits that come out of the, the summer that nobody's looking for, that everybody loves, and, and most importantly, are actually good. It can't be just a surprise hit that just sort of catches fire and turns out and blows. And five, the summer needs to give you at least one or two legitimately great movies that turn out to be classics. I offer to you that 1997 had all of these. The giant sequels, The Lost World, Speed 2, and Batman and Robin, all three of them wound up being terrible. But prospectively, you were excited in March of 1997. You were excited for the summer movie slate because look what's going on here. Okay, speed 2 over the other one. Speed 2. Lost World, Batman oh, and Robin. Uh, the second category, stars and roles you've always wanted to, to see them. 1997 had Men in Black. Will Smith doing a comedy sci-fi thing with Tommy Lee Jones. I remember who I saw that with. Air Force One. Harrison Ford as the president. Everybody's always wanted Harrison Ford to play the president. And Conspiracy Theory, which had Mel Gibson playing a crazy person, right? Uh, Big idea slash special effects movies. We had Volcano, which is great. Plus, it had a great moral at the end. We're all the same. Same color. Uh, Contact. One of the great sci-fi think movies Was of our time. Okay, so how many, uh-huh. how many of these movies did we see together? <laughs> All of them. And Face Off. Oh. Face oh. Off. Great. great. John Woo, which great. is a, a yeah. weirdo yeah, classic weird movie. Movie. Surprise Hits, category number four. 1997 gives you Austin Powers, the original Austin Powers, and My Best Friend's Wedding, two monster surprise hits, which would change things. And then... In our legitimately great category, the fifth category, the summer of 1997 gives you the fifth element and L.A. Confidential, which sneaks in at the very end of the summer. Case closed. Good summer. That's, That's good like summer. 80% of the movies we saw together, I think. 
You know why? That why, was my why? that was my first summer in DC, oh, and you and I went to the movie together basically every week. Sweet. It's funny we're both we're all three of us are skipping ahead about ten years here because uh, mm. I'm going with 2008 okay. as my as my that is uh, funny. best summer okay. uh, best summer uh, uh, for movies. I mean, it, 2008 sets the template for the rest of our lives, basically in terms of movies with Iron Man and The Dark Knight coming out. Wow. Uh, Iron Man and like underrated uh, but noteworthy. The Hulk came out a couple months after Iron Man, and they had just kind of they kind of tacked on the uh, Tony Stark scene at the end to make it remind like, me which Hulk is, Ed Norton. This is the Ed Norton Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of tacked on the uh, the Tony Stark Thunderbolt Ross scene at the end to give it the whole uh, mixed universe thing that whole feel. And that is that is I mean this is this is the rest of our lives or Marvel movies forever till yeah, we're dead. That's true. Um, and the Dark Knight kind of shows how you can make a good version of this 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 movie with an auteurist uh, sort of feel. Uh, uh, along those lines you also have Hellboy 2 that summer, which is Guillermo del Toro's I think actually last great movie or at least the one I I like of his the most that has come out Watch recently. It. Yeah. Um uh, but then you also have kind of deconstructions of the the comic book genre. You have Hancock, the Peter Berg movie, um, where Will Smith is playing angry hero, uh, and and also Wanted, which is, which is based on uh, the Miller books and Millar. the Millar books, and there is a, is about villains. You know, they they tweaked the movie too much, I think, to get away from that concept. But um, you have a great kids movie, or or a a great movie. Uh, uh, that works for kids and for adults in Wally, um, which is you know one of the probably three best Pixar movies, uh, and uh, and there and it it was a great summer for comedy as well. Uh, you had Step Brothers, which is like kind of taken its place as like one of the great comedies of the aughts in the in the last few years. People have really glommed onto this, and they were right. I was right at the time. I'm right now. And Tropic Thunder, um, Tropic which is I which is uh, the uh, a movie that you could not make now, and is probably Ooh, yeah. probably the most oh. savage critique of the kind Hollywood. of media industrial That's complex. Right. That's right. Um, that uh, that that has come out in in recent years. It's savage because it like actually was mean and uh, kind of hinted at a lot of things that are now more real, uh, more <laughs> real apparent. Answer, yeah. um, but uh, but I, that was a great summer for movies. I thought I thought it was there was there's a lot of dross in that summer as well. There was a uh, oh god, what was the um, there's there's a lot of bad movies yeah. in that summer, but but a lot of good ones too. So it, it happens like that with, for example, uh, music. And I, when we look back on favorite, oh god, you know, eighties music is so great. And if you actually look back at like the Billboard Top 100 for 1986, whatever. There's some awful stuff in there, you know, and we just don't remember it anymore. All you remember is the good stuff. So were we unknowingly each just listing the movies from the best summers of our lives? And it's interesting. To us, it just tasted like the best movie slate ever. Because got an alien summer of 97 for me, oh, I mean, being out of college and mm-hmm. never having to go back to that hellhole again mm-hmm. and being and living on my own and, and, and having a me. job that I loved at a magazine I loved with like cool friends like you who I'd never had cool friends before really. Uh, it was literally one of the greatest summers of my life. I, I hope this doesn't get too personal, but... Um uh, I almost did not make it through Men in Black. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. It was a hot dog, I believe, that I, you had. That like, you were, you were like, oh, I, I had. 
<laughs> I remember. Food poison. Let's just say it was like food poisoning. <laughs> it was food poisoning. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. But what was, was, and I assume that summer was a, the summer of your 13th year was a particularly great summer for great. you. It was great. It was right was before Was 2008 freshman. a big deal for you? Was it like a particularly wonderful Sonny was summer? 13 too at, when uh, it was uh, 2008. As a 13-year-old boy in 2008, it was a, uh, no, I mean, it was, uh, what was going on in 2008? Nothing really. I mean, I left the Weekly Standard, got got out of here. <laughs> that was a that was a no, that was, highlight. Uh, that was, I guess that was the first the first review that I did for the Washington Times. Uh, for a while, I was a film critic at the Washington Times. Uh, was the Dark Knight? That was your first. That was first. that's a lousy, lousy movie to do as your first one because after that. It's but all yeah, down. I mean, it, like everything it, you find it was funny. I only, I think, I only gave three or four movies four star reviews at the Washington Times. Mamma and Mia, part, and part, yeah, <laughs> Mama, Mama Mia. Uh, Transformers Prada Two and Transformers oh. Two. Uh, but that was a. But yeah, but I mean, like everything else had to kind of live up to that in one way or another. So they had the star. They had the star system at the Times. Yeah. And you or your editor determined. I mean, you you determined yourself. Did, yeah. And so. Did you have a, did you like, because if it was like Gene, like everything would be like four stars, you know, but if it's like you, were you like very careful about, or do you think you were too cautious in giving a lot of things? No, no. I mean, I, 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 I cheated a lot and gave a lot of two and a half star reviews because those can go kind of either positive or negative. The half. Like, you got yeah, that. On a four star, on a four star scale, two and a half is a dividing line between good and bad and you can actually go either way with it. Like there are some two and a half star movies that I don't necessarily recommend, but. Secrets of the Trade. Okay. That's pretty good. That is good. All right. Um, corrections, additions. Uh, Sonny, do you have anything? No. JVL. Not a correction, but I have something I want to talk about. Uh, and this is, I, I had asked you guys permission to talk about this, and you very sweetly said yes. Uh, and this is not something I'll ever make a habit of doing. Um, but one of the, in, in the weekly standard, weekly substandard expanded universe online, uh, one of the guys I've become friends with, his name's Chris Haberman. And uh, last week, I learned that Chris and his wife, Megan, have a, uh, a son who last year was diagnosed with a very rare neuromuscular disease it's called pump A disease. Uh, their, their little guy's name is Isaac, and he's four. And thank God there's a treatment for it. Uh, and so Chris and his wife have to take Isaac out for enzyme infusions every two weeks so that he can get an enzyme that his body can't make. And this is what's keeping him alive and giving him a pretty normal childhood and uh, there are some treatments in clinical trials right now that offer even greater hope and I'm, I'm hoping it all works out. I mention all of this because uh, the Haberman family and Isaac are trying to raise money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Uh, what Chris has told me was that not only does the MDA help fund research for neuromuscular diseases, but they do a lot of work helping families manage the treatment regimes for these things because it's incredibly complicated. You've got just armies of doctors and, and appointments and treatments to get through and they help you organize all that stuff. Uh, I think it's not too much to say that when something like this happens to a kid of yours, it, it is as if it has taken over your entire life. Uh, so I found out about Isaac last week and and the Team Isaac thing they're trying to raise money for him. I went and, and gave some money and I really hope that uh, everybody else listening to this will as well. Um, it's it's Team Isaac, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I'm not going to give you the URL because it's too long, but I will tweet it out, uh, and I think you guys will tweet it out. And I'm going to do you show put notes. it in show notes. I'm going to do show <laughs> notes this <laughs> week just so that I can Good. have the the long URL and That's link right. in there. And mm -hmm. I hope that if you like the show and you enjoy the show, uh, you will consider going over to Team Isaac and uh, 
giving a donation and throwing some money his way because God knows the kid deserves it. Sounds good. Thank you, JVL. That's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunday Bunch. Uh, at JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard or podcast and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. You know, one thing we didn't discuss in the summer uh, movie preview was what we thought was going to gross the most Ooh. and the least. And we did that last year, right? We uh, did, yeah, we did the most and we then did the like most, the most surprising. And yeah. it was a very yearbook superlative yeah. section was no it, hard and fast rules it was a, it was a, a what do we think is going to grow you up? thought it was going to be Spider-Man Homecoming yes but that was not right it was uh, and my big surprise was Baywatch yeah we <laughs> also <laughs> not right also wrong I Spider-Man Homecoming was the, close the though. two movies I said I was most looking forward to The Mummy mm. Chav King Arthur oh <laughs> well you really you got <laughs> yep awkward I'm going to guess uh, Solo is the big Blockbuster. I think that's no. Avengers is the big blockbuster. Right? Well, no, no, no. Coming. Out. I mean, of, of, uh, yeah. I mean, well, we're already past. Nothing, the nothing's going to outgross. Nothing. Will. Oh, you know what else though? The I don't Avengers. know why. I should have added this to my list. Incredibles too. I think it'll be good. Do you like the Incredibles? No. <laughs> Pixar. How about Ant Man and the Wasp? Has j- not jumped. Uh, Pixar has regressed to the mean. Sh- not jumped the shark. You Pixar yes. has regressed to the mean. They are no longer the special mm. place they were. John Lasseter has transferred all of his magic to Disney Animation which is where they tell interesting, complicated stories now, and Pixar has become a sequel factory. Right. I mean, this is, it's, it's, which is fine. No, mm-hmm. no big deal. You know, I was going to bring this up during the uh, How Was Your Weekend, but I was a little... Please. So I only had two children this past weekend. Oh. And w- the things Careful. you can accomplish when you uh-huh. have two children. Oh, look, look at what that. what I built. <laughs> now, it's only halfway that. done. That's only 840 pounds of stone that uh, Cody and I used to build that. But we Goodness. built a, we're building that's a set insane. of uh, tiered garden beds, raised garden okay, beds in the backyard. Beautiful. And it, uh, it's coming out pretty well. The that, key is the leveling. Leveling each stone on all three axes. So that it's. Is a pain in the ass. I, 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 I can only imagine, and literally I can only imagine, uh, we had. Uh, Sabrina's uh, first communion was passed. I know your daughter's was earlier, and we had family over, and my uh, so my family is over. My brother-in-law is there, and we were complaining about a Verizon cable that cuts across the backyard, but it's too low. And he says, "Oh, I could fix that." He says, and he's six four, giant Dutch construction supervisor, uh, and so he gets on the ladder and he's working on raising it and with a duct tape and there's all these wires. And then he just says to me, Vic, uh, could you, do you have pliers? Can you give me pliers? And that's his axe. And I said, oh, sure, I got a toolbox. Let me go get it for you. I go into the toolbox and I just, I said, I come back and I said, I couldn't find any pliers, but I got this wrench. And he takes it from me and he goes, these are pliers. I'm sure that's fine. <laughs>